Here's the Smart Retirement Cast brought to you by Smart Retirement Media. Now, here's your hosts, Mike and Matt. Welcome back, listeners, for another episode of Smart Retirement Podcast. We're so glad to have you back here. This is Mike Points with Central Coast Lending Your Coast, and I'm here with... Matt Hollander with Century Financial Consultants. How are we, Mike? We are still in our homes. That we are. <laughs> still that here. we are. Yep. And, uh, you know, I actually have, um, I, I took it upon myself this, uh, this month to go to a picnic with my wife at these wildflowers here in our county. They're, you know our county, so it's off of 58 oh, yeah. on the way to Bakersfield. Uh-huh. Just past Pozo. Um, sure. There's a beautiful wildflower area. And so on Friday of last week, I just, we packed up the car, brought the dogs, made ourselves a nice little picnic lunch and uh, went and sat outside and looked at the flowers, which I was wildly impressed. I mean, how many, I feel like no pun intended, how many flowers were out there? Um, (laughs) just a just a huge meadow of beautiful beautiful flowers and you know right now there's a lot to be fortunate for for many people but there's also some some uh anxiousness going on in everyone's life because of this pandemic so it was just nice to be out in nature and staring at something beautiful so you got out and smelled the roses i got out and smelled the wildflowers (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah they weren't roses Um, how about you you know, just uh, hanging out with my son a lot. Uh, it's starting to get pretty warm here in Arizona now. Uh, we had our first over 100 degree day uh, yesterday. And uh, yeah, enjoying the pool, getting him swimming. He'll be four in, uh, in September, believe it or not, already. So it's time to really make sure he's got those the water wings off and he's ready to go swimming. So yeah. spending time doing that, doing a lot of uh, virtual online simulator racing. Uh, since I can't go out and drive my real car. So a little disappointing, but uh, what are you going to yeah. do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I think a lot of people are finding that there's, um, you know, if you're active, hiking still is happening. If you're um, responsible and on a path where, you know, you can kind of all go the same way. Um, but it's tough. I mean, I play basketball. I used to play basketball like once or twice a week. Haven't been doing that. Yeah. Um, so I've, started to do some workouts in my house, just trying not to get, uh, get the, the COVID 19 pounds, you know, that's what I'm, I hear you. That's my well, second. I, I was worried about that myself and, uh, I'm not a huge runner, but I've got one of those Peloton exercise bikes, right? So mm-hmm. I've been doing that five days a week and, uh, Good. the simulator rocks me up. I've got the upper body workout going on that thing. So it's funny. I've actually lost like seven pounds already here because I'm not going out and eating out. I'm eating at home and eating clean. It's been, Mm -hmm. uh, in a a lot of ways, it's almost been kind of good. Yeah. And I think you start to learn too, that there's other talents that you've been meaning to exercise, like whether, you know, it's musical instrument or, um, maybe it's, maybe it's art of some fashion, like drawing or painting, uh, or sculpting that you can do from home. I'll tell you what you can't get anymore is, uh, workout weights. Those are all gone. So everyone that has a gym membership is buying those up. Um, so if you can buy stock and workout weights, I guess that's a good tip for today. 
There you go. Um, <laughs> but I, I also think that, you know, this show is, has helped me focus on some of the right things in this, in this pandemic. You know, I, there's a lot of news out there about updates and statistics and some of it's got awful on how many people have been affected by this pandemic. I mean, in the time frame that we've had, uh, in the deaths we now have in, in the U S we've seen, um, excuse me, the U S and the world, we we've seen, you know, it, it, that takes a whole year for that amount of people to pass away from, uh, you know, other major health conditions such as right. like heart failure or strokes, things of that nature. So it's obviously no joke, but this, this, this show has helped me focus on things that are happening both in the economy and the local business economy. Um, it's made me get more involved with my local assemblyman because I want to support him or her in us getting back to work um, intelligently, you know, we're Absolutely. starting. To, and so what we're always going to be talking about on this show is, you know, how the economy affects our, our ability to retire well or, or retire smartly. And I think just recently I've seen a, a lot of people that I've sat down with for mortgage refinances do things like more intelligently diversify their assets. And, you know, uh, maybe not, we're going to talk about this on the show today, Matt, they're not dipping into their portfolio this year because it just doesn't make sense for them. And they're finding other ways to save on costs and restructure their debt. Maybe they're getting a home loan on their house and taking out some equity because the rates are extremely low. And sure. instead of uh, making these payments that they were used to making on uh, loans that had, you know, six, $700 a month in repayment, they just pay them off now and, and pull some of that capital out of their real estate to pay off their liabilities. So it's just been, it's been a really interesting time because my business is at 300% capacity. Whereas I know some businesses out there, you know, just kind of moseying on waiting for this work, uh, the shelter in place to be lifted so they can go back to work. Some yeah. of the people, you know, in, in, in your walks of life in the, in the restaurant business and other entertainment businesses are certainly hurting right now. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, one thing I want to bring up on that is if you're out there and maybe you are a self-employed or an independent contractor, I'm not sure about every state. So definitely look into, uh, you know, like the unemployment stuff with that. But there may be ways, even though you might not have had a regular W-2 job for you to be able to access some of the funds that uh, have been made available through uh, the CARES Act. So I've been talking to a lot of clients and things and that, that definitely has came up in discussion. So just want to make sure that our listeners are aware of that, that, you know, that that may be an option for you, but double check with your, your individual states. So. Yeah. And with, with, you know, the positive in all this for us is that we get to, we, we have a duty, you and I, Matt, to cipher through the, the doom and gloom and find, you know, the real value in what's going to, how this is going to affect our listeners, um, potential retirement. And so, um, one of the things we're going to talk about today, if you've seen the title is, or the synopsis is the, the way the CARES Act is not forcing people this year in 2022 to, to, um, take out their RMDs, their required minimum distributions. Um, Matt, I'm excited for you to talk about that in the next segment. And then I'll go into detail about our the new updates on forbearance. So whether you're thinking of going into forbearance, maybe you are in forbearance, 
Um, maybe your grandsons or, or kids are talking to you about them going in forbearance because they just don't have the, the cash on hand while income is low to keep making this mortgage payment. We've got some hot off the news press from Freddie Mac about how they're going to treat forbearances. And then we'll, um, we'll wrap up the show and kind of lay out what we're going to talk for you in, in May about. So um, Matt, anything else you want to add to this first segment as we say, welcome back to our guests. I think we're good. Let's go ahead and uh, take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll discuss a little bit more about uh, some of the exciting news and ideas that I've got uh, regarding this year's RMD. Stick around. Honestly, when was the last time you really took a hard look at your retirement plan? With the way the market's been, it's easy to become complacent. A new decade is upon us, which comes with a lot of questions. Can the economy and market continue to grow? What will the next election do to my investments? How can I best maneuver to maximize return? The answer? It's simple. Get a second opinion from a team like Century Financial Consultants. With over 40 years of financial planning experience, give Century Financial Consultants a call today at 866-53-RETIRE. That's 866-53-RETIRE. Central Coast Lending is an equal housing lender, licensed by the Department of Business Oversight under the California Residential Mortgage Lending Act, NMLS number 328358. Mike Points is a licensed loan officer in California, NMLS number 1246224, and is only licensed to offer advice on mortgage products. He is not licensed as an investment advisor. All of the mortgage products Mike Points will discuss on this show are for educational purposes, and these products should be reviewed by a licensed loan officer before taking these mortgages on as your own, as they may not fit your specific situation or needs. Okay, people, we're back after that short break. Thanks for sticking around. We're going to get into the real content of the show now. And one of the main points of our episode is going to be about this the required minimum distributions that people have to take on while they're in retire of retirement age. In fact, it's 72 now, right, Matt? C- correct. Because of the secure act that uh, came through beginning of the year is 72 now. Yeah. I remember you talking about that in December. Gosh, feels like that was a year ago. <laughs> this, last, this last four months have taken so long with the shelter in place, but you are spot on. You mentioned that to our listeners that it, it did, it did jump up to 72. We've had so many questions, Matt, about, I know you've seen them come through our emails, um, is, you know, some people couldn't find factual knowledge. They didn't want to, they didn't want to make a mistake, but the CARES Act put in place by Congress that is a response to COVID-19 in this pandemic states clearly that in 2020, the individual who is of age that has to execute their required minimum distribution will not have to do that this year. We've been getting questions left, right, and center of, is that true? Um, you know, how does that work? You know, what if I turn 72 this year? And so Matt, I, I think that, I think you know this, but it is, it is a fact that the Congress Cares Act um, is going to suspend RMDs for 2020. And mainly that's because, you know, the, RMDs are put in place to generate taxable income for both federal and state, but it's to, it's a way for the government to say, Hey, look, we give you all these years, right. Where we allowed you to pre, you know, defer 
income and put assets away without paying taxes on them. Well, we need you to start cashing into that piggy bank before you potentially pass away. Um, some of that's to reduce estate wealth, but a lot of it is to generate retirement, excuse me, um, to generate tax income off of the retirement assets they have. So, right. you know, Matt, I'd, I'd be curious to hear from you. Um, you know, is this a smart move for people to suspend in a year we're in like now? And how does that all get calculated too? Because is it, I mean, people have seen some serious hits sure. in their qualified accounts. Yeah. So, I mean, going back to the SECURE Act, right, that we had at the beginning of the year, and they're extending out the, the the age of when you have to start taking that required minimum distribution. What they were really trying to do was help preserve some of your retirement portfolio for you. So I think the decision here made by Congress to allow people to go ahead and skip the required minimum distribution uh, this year is definitely a good one. And if you can afford to do so, I think you definitely should um, either reach out to your financial institution if you're on a monthly setup, uh, see if you can just go ahead and stop it. Uh, if you've already started taking for the first four months, okay, whatever, see if maybe you can put it back in. Some institutions will be different on that. Uh, and here's mainly the reason is uh, numbers, numbers are pretty simple. If you, if you look at how an RMD is calculated, they're going to take the account value of all of your IRA accounts on December 31st of 2019, okay? Now, that was before any of this stuff started happening in the economy, and our portfolios were down 25 to 45%. Now, common math says if you're having to take 4% of, you know, the larger number you had back in December, uh, that number is going to be a much higher percent out of the portfolio now. So now you're having to withdraw off of, off of a portfolio that is already decreasing and in the long run going to quickly or more quickly eat up the principal that you've got inside of that account. So right. there's two options really that I think you would have here is one, uh, go ahead and stop taking the RMD now, or if you can delay it until maybe later in the year, right? But if you don't need the funds and they're allowing you not to take it, it's great for you because now you're not having to pay taxes on money that you may or may not be using, right? So there's another benefit there is that you can keep it off of that, uh, uh, you know, your tax statement for the year. Yeah. And if you, so let's, what about if, if you say, gosh, Matt, that's really great. Um, but those aren't the cards that I'm holding in my hand. I need these funds to sure. live through retirement, you know, in some ways I've got myself social security. Maybe I've got myself, you know, some Roth income, tax-free income. Maybe I'm taking mm -hmm. some cash from my cash value of my life insurance policy. Maybe I'm even smart enough to have um, a home equity line or reverse mortgage. And I'm just using some of those things, but if I have those things in my hand, well, I'm probably not listening to the show because I'm already super smart, right? No, I mean, what, I see, what I'm saying is if you have those things in your hand, you get the option, but some people don't have the option. So what, what would you say to those that still have to, to take that, those assets out? What, would they, what should they be looking at, especially if they're posting a loss? Well, I think going forward, and we've talked about it a few times here in the show, is looking at... Uh, certain types of products and things that have a guaranteed rate of return that don't have any market risk to them that have a guaranteed payment. So in a situation where uh, you know what your RMD is going to be, and if you could have an account that's guaranteeing you, let's say 6%, uh, which is possible even in today's market, 
and you're only taking out three and a half to four percent of that account, you still have a net positive gain, you know, two percent ish uh, there, depending if there's any fees or anything inside the product. So right. that income is never going to stop. And as you get older, as the percentage that you have to take out increases, eventually the principal of the account will start getting eaten away. But at least you'll always have that income because in a situation like this, especially for the people that are out there that are living off of their IRAs and their 401ks and things and just taking random withdrawals out of that, it makes sense. But also keep in mind when you have a 20, even a 10% loss, right? You've got to earn over 11% to get the account back up to what it originally was. Yeah. And you have to add on the additional withdrawal that you've taken out of the account at the lower amount. So you've got to make up even more. So having a withdrawal from accounts in in an upside down market is is not something that we try to recommend. Um, But I mean, like you said, I mean, some people are going to have to. Uh, this is definitely some strange times, and I think Congress realizes that too. They've they've loosened a lot of the regulations and penalties um, with the, through the IRS for uh, you know early access before fifty nine and a half. Yep. In some of these accounts, so they realize that everyone needs access to it. I'm just I think this is a good time to kind of sit back and say, okay, we're going to make it through this one, but depending on how old you are, there's probably going to be at least one or two more of these in your lifetime. Start making correct decisions now um, and, and start positioning so you're not having to be up at night and worrying about you know what's going on in the economy all the time. Well, no one saw this coming, right? I mean, we right. didn't see this coming. Um, and it's a forced recession. It's the first forced recession in U.S. history. So what you know, I've seen some people do is instead of in a year where you don't have to exercise the RMD, it could make a lot of sense to um, borrow against the account, right? So if you borrow against the account, depending on how much money you really need, many of these custodians will have a sit down discussion with you about accessing funds in your account in the form of a loan. You'd give yourself a loan. There's a repayment period where every month or every two weeks, you have to pay that back. If you're in a 401k and you're still employed, whether you're of retirement age or not, they just take it out of your paycheck. But if you're not working and you have a 401k that's you know now an IRA or you know your old 401k at work, they just set up a, a repayment plan with you. Um, why this is good is because you will be able to, A, it's not income. You're borrowing right. against assets. So it's just cash flow in. You do have to pay it back. But next year or the following year, if we start seeing returns come back, you could take out required minimum distributions and still have that loan outstanding. Um, maybe you're thinking in the next two years, we're going to sell that piece of real estate. You could take proceeds from the, the net proceeds of the sale of your real estate and pay back your IRA. Um, something I've seen very savvy people start doing with lots of equity in their home is they don't want to deal with the reverse mortgage, albeit reverse mortgage rates are below 4% right now where you can turn off your mortgage and have access to the equity in your home. They're just saying, Hey Mike, I want to do a 30 year mortgage. I usually need about 60 to $70,000 from my accounts, but I'm this year, I'm going to take it out of my home. I'm going to reset my mortgage. I want you to pay off my loan. I might have you pay off a couple other loans, like a car loan I have outstanding, or maybe even some personal debts or credit cards. I might've run up this last, six months from my business where I usually get paid back in full seasonal 
Like let's say my mm-hmm. season is May through September and I usually restructure my debt then with cash in, but this year I'm just not going to see that type of cash. They're saying, give me cash out against my home. Show me what the new payment is and let me, uh, let me use that, those funds as, as wisely as I can, whatever's left over at the end of the year. I'm just going to write a check back to the mortgage company and reduce the principal on that existing loan, which I think is great. I mean, if you have a $400,000 loan and you take it from $400,000 with rates from 2016, 17, or 18, and you take out 60 or 70 grand today, your payment's going to be pretty close to what it was. Yeah. And you'll have access to those funds. So as far as an income statement goes, not a big hit on your new monthly payment and accessing money. What I think is the the right way in this current market, which would be leveraging or leaning against uh, an asset that you have good loan to value and good equity position in. Matt, I'm not telling people to go from 85% loan to value to 95% loan to value. I don't like that. I don't want to have a situation where if the market turns again next year, like we take this L shape we talked about in last episode, where it's going to take us 18 to 24 months to recover. Sure. The market goes down. Well, now you've basically got no equity in your home. You know, it's hard. Right. For you, you don't want to over, over leverage yourself for sure. And the capital that you have is in an IRA or 401k account. So to touch it, you got to pay the tax, man. Mm-hmm. So that's going to cost a pretty penny just in what I like to call fees, but taxes are essentially just that. It's something that goes to someone else for you touching your money or getting a transaction done. So it it can be really smart. The other thing I'm seeing people do is um, they're they're even they've cash flowed very well on investment properties. Let's say you're six hundred, seven hundred, eight hundred dollars in the positive and you want to take out equity against an investment property that you have a 50 percent loan to value in, Matt. Leaning on investment properties is still a good deal right now. I'm seeing 3.99, 3.875% on leaning on investment properties where the final loan amount is under 500000 So you restructure the debt. You've got a 30-year payment. This might be a house that you never plan to have paid off. Maybe your estate plan with your children or your loved ones is like, look, I'm going to have this property that's got good equity in it. You're going to have tenants and it's going to pass to you. You can sell it or you can hold it. But right now, you know, the living benefit to you is that that the assets in there on in that property are on your balance sheet and are probably more affordable to touch than your IRA or 401k money right now. And that's why I think it's so important to, you know, what we're talking about is not it doesn't apply to everyone. But as you can see, the person who thinks, oh, that's great news, Matt, but I've got to touch my RMD because that's where all my money comes from, has other assets. And they learn that from sitting down with Matt. You know, a great sit down first for this show is to sit down with Matt Hollander. And you can reach him by dialing 866-53-RETIRE, option one. He flushes out all this stuff. He does a full balance sheet um, analysis with you. And many times he gets out of that meeting and calls me to say, look, I think it would be wise for us to look at a refinance for these clients, or maybe we need to offer them some more liquidity through the the means of home equity lines. And so just keep in mind that, you know, Matt deals with the finance side of things. I deal with the real estate financing side of things, but we deal with 
clients every day that are going through a situation just like yours. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, uh, Mike, I mean, I just want to add to that is regardless of whatever state you're listening in from, yes, I may be in Arizona, but, uh, you know, I, I, if I'm not licensed yet in one state, it's not very hard for me to pull the license. Um, so I, with the exception of maybe New York, uh, if you're out there and you're sitting there wanting some advice, you know, I've gone to a virtual meeting, uh, type of thing, uh, here at the home. So I've got a desk and a mic and we've got all that set up, uh, to do like a sit down meeting. So, Happy to do that, Mike. I know uh, you probably can do a virtual meeting too for anyone there in, in California. Yeah. Um, and can make a referral to someone uh, for other states as well. So, yeah, I have. We had a, a listener call in from Texas and she had two rental properties in Texas. She does not live in the state of Texas. I may have mentioned this two episodes ago. And Texas is a little tricky. They have, a, they have an overlay, a law that they've created in their states for investors where you can't access the cash. You can't take cash out on a property unless you're signing in that state. So you have to go to Texas to get that done. They feel like that's a way to put a little bit of a, a barrier to entry for investors that are from out sure. of state um, going in there. And I helped her uh, because I'm not licensed in the state of Texas. The new Dodd-Frank Act that was put in place after the mortgage crash requires me to have brick and mortar in the states that I'm licensed in. So we just, it just doesn't pencil for us to do that in Texas. We don't have a lot of business there, but I was happy to chat with her about the scenario. I went through her scenario was she wanted to just pay off um, one of the houses, take cash out out of one, pay mm-hmm. the other one off free and clear. You probably remember that, Matt. Yeah, I think I remember it. And so we put her in touch with a company in Texas. She's, she's ecstatic. She was happy that we took 25 minutes with her. We want to do the same with you guys, you listeners. Um, and Mike, I know you wanted to get into the uh, the forbearance topic a little bit today, um, and I don't mean to kind of throw something at you as a curveball from right field, but um, I was talking to a buddy of mine that lives out in California that's a uh, uh, basically like a hard money type first trustee type of lender, mm-hmm. and personally, he's got some rental properties that he has. And I don't know if you're up on and if we can advise on in this episode, we might have to save it for next one and that's fine. But as far as what's, I mean, I know there's changing laws. Like I know Governor Newsom there in California came out with uh, some different types of rules for eviction and things like that. So to kind of change subjects from things that can help people, if you're one of those that's, you know, the property owner that has tenants and now the tenants are being told that, hey, if you don't have the money, you don't have to pay it and they can't kick you out until X date. Um, how, how thoughts on what they can be doing to go back to their tenants to make sure they're still paying? Because, I mean, it sounds like they, the tenant can come back and just say, you know, I'm affect, my income's affected by COVID-19 and therefore they don't, they, they don't have to have any other explanation than that. Um, and I'm sure yeah. all the states are a little bit different in that. But I was just I heard that today it was mind blowing. That now that the the tenants got, they have a lot of rights to begin with in California. But now it's like the, they could be sitting in that house for six to nine months without having to make a payment before they can actually anything could happen there. I mean, any advice for our yeah, a lot of the, owners it's, there? It's it's difficult. Our state is very tenant um, oriented, and so they get the upper hand in the the rental market, in my opinion. Um, and and for some reason, in some ways, it's a good thing. I mean, the, the, the cost of living in California is very high. 
Um, some of the incomes in certain areas are not high enough to keep up with the cost of living. But I think in this situation, it's a it's a real pickle because what the you know local representatives are telling these landlords that are lining up and saying, hey, what are we supposed to do? I mean, this is, mm-hmm. I can't bleed through my assets. I have assets, but I, I depend on this place to be rented. Right. Um, and so, so you, pull out, you pull an equity line out on the on the rental property or something to supplement some of that? What do you do? You, you certainly could. You certainly could. You could do, um, but well, here's what underwriters are asking now. They're saying in order for the rents that you've received on that property to be income to help you qualify for the loan, okay. I need to see that you've received the last three months of rental payments. So I actually have to pull their bank statements. Many times people go through a refinance and they realize that you don't have to show bank statements because if you're not bringing in cash to close, you're using your equity on the house. What does it matter if I have bank statements? But now underwriters have added this little amendment to their closing conditions that say, I have to see that the tenant has been paying those last three months of rents. Now, if that tenant hasn't been paying and you can still qualify for this loan by showing us that you could carry the, the, the funds by way of, you know, six months of reserves showing that you have the reserves or by, you know, just having the income in other walks of life to say that, you know, I can still afford this thing, basically showing this new underwriter and lender that you're not going to close tomorrow. And then the day after that on Wednesday, file a forbearance for your new mortgage. Mm-hmm. Uh, they will close the loan. But some people are, you know, based on current conditions, uh, maybe it's their first rental. Maybe they haven't, maybe they've leveraged it too much, which we've talked right. about in past episodes. They uh, can't show that they can qualify for it. So it becomes a little bit of a pickle. I think what what most people are being told is I have, I have clients that have called in about this is like, well, if your tenant's not paying, there's a forbearance in place for you. Okay. And it's like, okay, well, you know, what does that do to my credit? I've been working my whole life to try to keep that that clean. You know, do I have to pay for all the interest at once that's been for, forbeared? Because that's not good for me either. I don't want to be on forbearance for six months and then have a, you know, $8,100 bill due because that's not going to be helpful for me either. It's just kicking the can down the road. So, yeah, I do want to get into some of the forbearance situations because it. It doesn't vary much differently if whether you're an investor or a primary homeowner. Really, you just you get an automatic like thanks for calling. Here's 90 days on pause, but mm-hmm. you can qualify by way of showing hardship for six months or 12 months in this current um, market. I'm going to say this: uh, we have a, I have a local radio show. Um, some of you may listen to it that I'm on with Central Coast Lending. It's called Mortgage Matters, and and we always we have been saying this. I want to say it here too: if you can make the payment make the payment. It's better for you. Um, it's better for the whole economy. And it, it's just, honestly, it's the right thing to do. But if you can't make the payment, don't feel guilty about filing a forbearance. Just know how this is going to work. So what we're going to do is we're going to touch on some of these options here. Matt, I don't even think we need to take a break. No, let's roll. You're yeah. on, we're on a good one. Let's Probably keep going. 10 minutes and then we'll wrap up the show. So um, this is hot off the press. Um and I'm just going to tease this, this article and bring it back up in about five minutes. But Freddie Mac just announced today, um, just before lunch in California time, that they've laid out options for borrowers who have been granted forbearance on their loans, because there's always Fannie Mae loans and there's Freddie Mac loans. 
right? And then there's government loans, Matt. This is Freddie Mac. And you can know that by um, searching your loan. I'll give you the websites before the end of the show. Um, so listen for those the um, on how to check who your loan is with, Freddie or Fannie Mac, or excuse me, Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac. The company CEO, David Brickman, stressed that borrowers will never be asked to repay mispayments in one lump sum. Says, um, simply said that, that, you know, homeowners are seeking forbearance because they're in a tough spot. And we're not going to require them to just come right back out and do a full repayment or full reinstatement. If they've missed payments, then they'll have the ability to get back on track with their loan and gradually catch up as they can. Um, they'll, They'll pay their regularly monthly payments, but they'll also have options to tack that amount onto the backside of the loan. So if they wanted to live in this house forever, it will just take them a couple months longer to pay off this balance. Or um, they can do some form of a loan modification. Now, doing a loan modification is tricky. Okay, it sounds wonderful. A lot of times the interest rate's lower than what you would currently have if you just went back to your own payment because they need to show that that borrower is performing on the loan modification. But essentially what they do, imagine your loan in a school of, let's say, 100 other loans, just kind of swimming around out in the ocean like a school of fish sticking together. Well, they would pluck one of those fish out of the school. They would That would be your loan. They would then modify that one loan, metaf- metaphorically speaking, this fish okay. I'm talking mm-hmm. about. And then they would not put it back into the population of original fish. They would just put it into a new population of loans that are supposed to perform based off this modification. That modification goes on your credit. Uh, Oh, looks like my dogs are getting excited about fish for dinner. (laughs) Um, That loan gets gets categorized differently on your credit and can actually damage your credit score. But it gets you out of the pickle, which many people are starting to worry about when this third month is over and they have to pay three months worth of interest all in one lump sum. What most lenders are not doing is they're not saying, hey, we can tack it onto the backside of this loan. Uh, before today, uh, they were saying you got to pay it all or we need to pull your loan out of that population, restructure your loan. Hey, we'll make the payments 300 bucks lower the first year then 150 bucks lower the second year. Then you'll be caught up. But we're putting you on a new 30 year loan, you know, where people have lived, lived in their houses and had loans for four years. That's 26 years left. And they just added four years of payment. If you're moving out in three or four years, you're probably thinking, oh, what the heck's the big difference? But it restarts the amortization table, which is way more favorable for the bank in the first five years. So am I I going off on a tangent too much? No, 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 no. no. I just have a question because I've heard this from a couple uh, clients and things like during 08, 09, when they were talking about loan modifications and most of the banks were like advising them that they had to go late on payments before they could apply for a loan modification. Is that still the case? Yeah, you can't, there would mean, there would be no way. Yes, there would be no way. Currently the difference between 08, 09 and 10, when we had all these defaults and Mm -hmm. foreclosures and deed in lieu of, of foreclosures and like basically they called it cash for keys and mm-hmm. give your keys back is that the values in the property were just tanking and right. the borrowers were either not making the payment or not willing to make the payment anymore because they didn't have a house that was worth a dang. Now this is set up by Congress. So they've got this like shield over them, albeit 
you know, not, not amazing, but pretty darn great in that they have the ability to miss up three payments with no issues. Immediately when they miss that payment, it doesn't go as a late payment to their credit, but it, it puts a little like branding on their credit, a little asterisk. It's a, usually it's an AW sign, but it's a, it's a form of, um, are they going to put an N95 mask for it next to it this time for like the COVID sign? They might, they might, <laughs> they might. Uh, it's, it's just to show that the account status is in some type of um, decision or deferred status okay. where the, the special comment code will allow that new lender to see, okay, they have been, they have not been making payments. They've been on deferment. They will sure. qualify for a loan modification. You can't just call up and say, hey, let's just skip the whole forbearance. I want to go right to loan mod now. That would not behoove you. And and honestly, not it's not something that lenders do. Got it. They need to see you in a point of hardship. Then they can offer the loan mod. It's a way to get that going before foreclosure. Because rest assured, none of these banks want to do foreclosures. Right. Legal issues, deals with market risk, um, you know. There may not be a lot of activity for the next 12 months for some of these, some of these regional areas, you know? Mm -hmm. So um, even though we're seeing some pending sales go up right now in the real estate market, I think what's important for a lot of people that are getting ready to sell their home and buy another home in the next six months, you don't want to try to be cute here and say, Hey, look, let's go on forbearance. Let's pocket the cash for the next six months. And when we get through this pandemic, let's list the house come late summer, early fall, because that's when everyone will probably be back on their feet and we'll just sell it then. Because when you go to buy your next house, your credit is going to have that, that uh, deferred status on it. You'll have to explain if you did a loan modification or if you were forbearing on your last loan and that could hamper you from getting approved for your next loan. Interesting. So here's what I'd like to tell any of our listeners, especially those in California, if you, because I, I know the language a bit better in California. If you are contemplating forbearance, please contact me directly by dialing 866-53-RETIRE. That's 866-53-RETIRE. Option two goes right to my points. Um, if you leave a message, I usually get back to them within like an hour and we'll talk about your situation. If you do a refinance right now, even though that may be something you don't want to do, you'll get you'll miss two months worth of payments with me. I'll help you set that up so that you don't have to make a May and a June payment or a June and a July payment. Maybe that's enough to get us over this situation. And I'll walk you through what would happen if you were to do a forbearance and if you were um, going to hop back on and pay that loan off in two, three months, I'll talk you through scenarios where maybe you could borrow the lump sum against your 401k or your IRA so that you could go on forbearance comfortably and know that you come back and pay the lump sum and get right back to normal. I don't want you to think, oh, loan mod's a good, a good scenario. Let's jump into that because it could affect your credit for up to the next four years. A lot of times these servicers, they're just kind of winging it right now they don't have a playbook for this type of market and they're talking clients through a loan modification thinking everything's going to be hunky-dory and then you complete the loan once you complete the loan you can't go back 
And right. that, that could damage your credit for at least four years. Um, the other thing I wanted to say is, you know, the hold times for these forbearances are, are just crazy. They're like four or five hour hold times. You're not able to leave a message a lot of times. And when you get to your servicer, you're getting into a discussion with someone that doesn't have a lot of decision-making power. So um, I've gone through these contracts a couple different times. You want to talk them through with me, please feel free. And maybe we can fix your scenario by going through some different options here. Maybe it's, maybe it's something that Matt or myself can help you with so that you just have a better approach over the next 90 days. Matt, what we're going to talk about next show and next month in May is what the CEOs and some of these CFOs are starting to see their potential for coming back in Q3. So we can add to this, this, this rebound. What shape is it going to be? Is it going to be a U shape, a V shape, or an L? And uh, we're going to talk about other topics as well. I think you touched on a good one, which is, um, you know, hard money because yep. some people are having difficulty showing their ability to, to um, qualify for a loan right now. And sure. uh, hard money could be a good option. And Matt, anything else we want to add before we, we get off the show for today? Um, I don't think so. You had an article that you, you were referencing earlier. Uh, maybe we can throw that onto the Facebook for everyone to kind of review as well. Um, other than that, uh, if anyone has questions and things and you don't want to pick up the phone, feel free to shoot us an email at info at smartretirementcast.com or again, 866-53-RETIRE. Option one, I'll get you to myself, Matt Hollander. Option two, will bring you to Mike. And uh, I think that about wraps the show. Uh, Mike, was there anything else you wanted to add? Yeah, there's just one thing I want to add. I'm getting a lot of calls from clients that want to do refinance right now. Um, if you have a four and a quarter note rate and your loan is less than $500,000, we really need to be talking and you need to be calling me ASAP. Um, the old school way of doing business and mortgages was if, if you could drop your interest rate a full point, it made sense. I take a more modern approach, which is based on their, how long you're going to be in the property how fast will you make your money back that we save? Because you're going to have closing costs. The question is, how much are the closing costs divided by how much you're saving per month? And then let's find that break-even point. And if that works for you, it makes a ton of a sense. It makes a ton of sense to do. But the old school method is applying right now. Rates are dropping below three and a quarter, and they're staying there for a loan that's less than five hundred thousand. Also, if you're an investor and you're thinking, you know. I, I would, I would be interested in seeing how easy it would be to access cash this year from my investment properties instead of accessing them from my IRA or my 401k. It's a great time to call in and chat with me. Um, again, 866-53-RETIRE or info at smartretirementcast.com. You can email Matt or I and we can have a dialogue by email if that's easier for you. You could share the property with us or you could talk about the type of of investment account you have and matt can give you advice on you know what he thinks you should do in a year like this where you do not you are not required to take out required minimum distributions so um i just think it's really important right now to stay in touch with us and have a conversation because we're here for you we do this to help our listeners feel like they have someone in their corner and the best way to challenge our loyalty and partnership is to just give us a call or let us start helping you out. 
I like, uh, well said, Mike. Well said. So listeners, thanks for tuning in again this week. Uh, please remember on any of your streaming channels that you're checking us out on to please uh, give us a little rating there. If there's a comment section, just uh, say something nice about us. We'd appreciate it. So go out. Let's go out make the rest of our lives the best of our lives. Thanks for tuning in. The opinions voiced in this podcast are for general information only and are not intended to provide or construed as providing specific investment advice. Any economic forecast set forth in this podcast may not develop as predicted, and there can be no guarantee the strategies promoted will be successful. All performance reference is historical and is no guarantee of future results. Investing involves risks, including the potential loss of principal. No investment strategy or risk management technique can guarantee return or eliminate risk in all market environments. Thanks for tuning in to this podcast. California license number 0175638 and MLS number 1246224. Stand up and walk out on me Lend me your ears and I'll sing you a song I will try not to sing out of key yeah. Oh baby, how I will help you I I need is my better I will help you I say I'm Tell